It's episode 79 of the Improv London podcast. <laughs> I'm so tired. Uh, <laughs> I'm your host, Stuart Moses. And this week's guest is Tom Young. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very excited to be sat in a park in Birmingham. I know, but it is a lovely park. It is. Yeah. We, we have our backs to the church, St. David's Church, I believe. Oh, nice, excellent detail. And uh, there are there are lights in the trees. We can see the skyline of Birmingham. The jam house is illuminated with yeah, green. There's a, there's a lot going on. There's it's, a lot it's going a good, on. It's a good, like, inspirational area to be sat, actually. It's not nearly as weird as I would... <laughs> As I feared it might be, it's yeah. actually quite lit. Yeah. I just felt that it seemed less weird than inviting you to my hotel room. I mean, obviously that was my first choice, but that just sends a message that, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't know if anyone's uh, ready for Weirdly, I don't know what it says about me. I wouldn't have found that weird. Okay, maybe that's... I just gone, yeah. Yeah, no, maybe, I mean, probably just in my own, my own, you know, let's go sit outside a church. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway. That's not what we're we here are, to talk about. We are, about. of course, both wearing towel dressing gowns. <laughs> and those little slippers yeah, yeah, that you get at hotels. Yeah, you've got to commit little, to the look. Yeah. Little hats. Uh, what, a, what a shame it is in audio format, because <laughs> otherwise... Is, yeah. uh, We've made all this effort. So underneath your toweling robe, because it's fallen open just a, yeah, yeah. a little bit, I yeah, can yeah. see that you're wearing a, 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 a The Same Faces T-shirt. Yeah. I... Uh, we discovered there's a website called Spreadshirt where you can basically just upload designs. Yeah. And rather than having to book buy merchandise, you just order individual what you want. Cool. Um, so the other thing is, because I'm a very tall man, for those who don't know me, <laughs> uh, I'm six foot seven, so buying clothes that fit me is a huge problem. Yeah. And I discovered that Spreadshirt stuff does fit me. So basically everything I own now <laughs> has got my own branding on it. Excellent. <laughs> which is quite vain. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think that's brilliant. Yeah. I think we should all have more <laughs> Always stuff on message. that yeah. advertises other stuff. I sat here in my nursery hoodie. Yes. Um, uh, brilliant. But you are you are in the same faces? Uh, I am the director of You're the You're the director faces, of the yes. same faces. Uh, but I'm also in it, the promoter, the producer, the head of training. Pretty much everything except playing the piano, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> cool. So uh, what sort of group are the same faces? Same faces are short form specialists. Um, but we play a mixture of like the classic Who's Line sort of games. Uh, there's a handful that we've created. We're, we're working on one at the moment, which oh, yeah. I'm very pleased with, which is uh, Points of View. Points of View? Yeah. Uh, one for the younger listeners, I believe. <laughs> and it does also involve a Terry Wogan impression <laughs> a solid 18 months after that's appropriate. Um, but uh, yeah, we've, we've been working on that, so we now basically get... Uh, we've got a load of cards made which will get the audience to choose the cards and they, they've each got a different type of television show oh, on them yeah, yeah, yeah. and then we ask them for whatever they ask for is that would suit that genre uh, and then we basically do Terry Wogan introducing clips yeah and so we then see f- clips of television shows and then a, a letter of complaint <laughs> well, I mean I I'm all for I mean I'm presuming points of view is no longer actually on TV I, I'm told it is is it really yeah I think it's now hosted by Jeremy Vine but because wow. I'm a comedian I'm not up in the day on a <laughs> Sunday so I don't see it um, it's on during the week who knows yeah but, exactly um, oh right because I was going to uh, applaud you for taking a format that is now obsolete <laughs> yeah. and breathing new life into in it in so many ways that's my special 
yeah, so we do that. Then we also do uh, a range of musical games, and then we've got a lot of quickfire stuff, which a lot of short form groups don't do. So there's game uh, we've adapted scenes we'd like to see for um, from mock the week to be mm. more suitable for an improv thing. So I basically have 18 structures yeah. that you can just put a detail in that changes at each time, ah. and it's, it'll work regardless of whatever the audience says. So. Um, <laughs> So that that keeps it varied and gives us an opportunity just to do quick fire one liners. Yeah. yeah. Um, so so you've got eighteen mm. variations. I yeah. So so the, I have not the, seen Mock the Week. It sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah, that, that, there's a, a broad number of improvisers who would say the same. Um, there is. Uh, it's basically scenes from a hat. Yes. From from um, whose line? But it tends to be slightly more topical with there. So we basically. But obviously it's controlled on Mock of the Week, so they probably, I'm assuming, know what the categories are going to be in advance. Right. We don't know, we just okay. know what the structures are. Um, so the first one, number one, off the top of my head, is unlikely lines to hear in a, and then in square brackets it says, movie franchise. Right. So you would, whatever, you ask for a movie franchise, they say Indiana Jones, and you go, okay, unlikely lines to hear in an Indiana Jones film. And then you do that. You're right. So it, the structures will change based on whatever the audience suggests. So they're fun. That sounds fun. No, that does yeah. sound fun. So we do that, and then we also, um, more recently, have started um, a slightly adapted Armando show as well. Right. Cool. Um, so the Armando format. Remind me what that is. So you get a word from the audience. Uh, you use some, some version of uh, an opening. We usually, for our show, we use a monologue because we get. Um, a stand-up comedian to come and be the headliner and there I was hoping you were going to do an invocation uh, alas no um, <laughs> so you get a stand-up in yeah we get a stand-up in a so, stand-up? We, so we even on an, in an improv well, show I know well I am a stand-up as well myself so oh, I tell you what I live in two worlds um, <laughs> and my degree is in creative writing so it's a weird amalgamation of a Venn diagram my life anyway um, yeah so we get a stand-up in so the first monologue in the show is their stand-up so we are, so we're looking for little things, and it's never like the main idea. It's yeah, usually yeah. somebody will go, uh, "I have nothing else on that," and then you have the whole scene, <laughs> whole scene of people go, "I have nothing else on that." And it's nice. Um, uh, and then for the rest of it, they do improvise their monologues. Um, but we only book people who I know can do that, rather than just booking it. Who's available? That's yeah, yeah, a yeah. terrible way of doing it. Um, and then, so in a proper Armando, you would do premise-based game scenes uh, until you run out of ideas yeah in our version which is a bit shorter and a bit punchier and partially because I'm paying money to the headliner and I want to get my money's worth from it <laughs> um, we only do ever we only ever do three scenes all oh, right so we I'd rather leave stuff on the table than run out of ideas yeah um, uh, so this shorter version I have called a Mandy nice. because all of the improv formats are named after dudes, yeah, and I decided nice. a little bit of feminism wouldn't be the worst. Brilliant, thing. brilliant. Um, um, now, uh, now I want to um, <laughs> think of a, a format and then give it a female name. Yeah. I, as I mentioned, I'm really tired. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, uh, There's a game for you at home. Uh, do write in yeah. uh, to the Improv London podcast, BBC TV Centre, uh, London W12. <laughs> I like that you've gone. Wonky one, one tea. <laughs> yeah, immediately the BBC's old <laughs> old postcode. That's beautiful. Postcodes ingrained in your head from childhood. I'm really don't know tempted that. to do the number for Saturday Superstore, but um, <laughs> is it 018118? I mean, I'm 28, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were up to date with the old. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, I, I do a lot of dated references, but not as many as you'd think. What's well, 0188058055? That's not my number at home. Don't I, ring it. I, I, I don't know. It might be one of the gay chat lines. Yeah. <laughs> don't ring that number, whatever it is. Yeah, it could be anything. <laughs> Uh, cool. Uh, that sounds a really nice format. Yeah, it's fun. Um, so you're the director. So you set up the group, or yeah. did you? Or was there a coup? Someone else set up, and you swooped in and took over. Um, well, sort of a reverse coup, sort oh. of. So I started. My, my improv history is a bit rubbish because I, st- <laughs> I started. I, I, I was in America in 2004 when I must have been about 16, and whose line is it anyway? Was on every night while we were there and I immediately became obsessed I'm sure a lot of people's stories start this way Um, and then wasn't until four years later when I went to uni so I'd spent this was before YouTube so I spent four years using LimeWire to Whoa. find every Who's Line clip I could possibly find. What's the statute of limitations on LimeWire downloads? I think it's very fine. Yeah, it's probably fine. Um, <laughs> but before YouTube existed, so I was trying to find every clip I could so that when I eventually started at uni, I knew a lot of the games right. like inside out because I'd watched them so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then I went to university where the student group was run in a very basic way. So really the only directorial note we got at any point was justify <laughs> right okay so i didn't even find out about yes and until after i graduated wow <laughs> so, okay so that was encouraging i mean justify um, is a good instruction it is i mean uh, it was, a suggestion but it's not the only one absolutely mm. yeah i mean and it was never like shouted at you it was held up on a piece of paper and, and waved from the wow <laughs> from the director's position um really yeah so that was that was strange but i mean that gave me we performed at least once a month and three-hour workshop every week and whatever so i got a lot of playing time through that yeah, yeah, yeah. um and then i joined a group in leicester called unidentified flying improv who <laughs> <laughs> that was a silent laugh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, which is no use yeah. if you're a firm in the audience but i was, I was amused by that but not yeah. enough to make any noise uh, it's yeah that's about right um <laughs> The, uh, it's also one of the reasons because my uni group was called Indescriptable Indescriptable yeah. uh, I'm and, enjoying that which was a shame because the year before I got to the university the previous group had been called Scared Scriptless which is a significantly better name yes um, but uh, yeah, Indescriptable so, Indescriptable <laughs> which is not a bad review of it either to be fair um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, you never want a name of a group that reviews itself. Yeah, exactly. So a... part of the reason the same faces are called the same faces is because I didn't want to pun in the title. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so after a couple of years in, I ended up running um, UFI just by default because the original person who was running it dropped out for a while. Um, and I was trying to make it better because the very first UFI gig I did, 11 people turned up to play. Right, okay. There was no like set list or uh, nobody had any sense of what was going to happen. There was no, like, quota of number of games each, so it was basically, right, I think we'll do Party Quirks next. Yeah. Who wants to play that? And if you were keen like me, you did everything. Yeah, yeah, and if yeah. you were a bit slower, you maybe did one game. <laughs> so I was trying to, like, professionalise it a bit, so I was trying to get it down to being, like, okay, we'll only have six of us, here's a set list. Wow. So, and I, because I was a relatively late addition to the group, I got fought on that. Yeah. Um, there, was an, there was a bit of an argument yeah. uh, with the phrase nobody asked you to run it Tom was used oh. <laughs> to which I said fine and I left yeah. um, and I'd been thinking about going anyway but that was just like yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. point that it had to happen because it was like everybody in that group basically had a day job and yeah. whatever so it was never going to grow beyond a certain point um, so I just decided 
okay, I'll go and do the thing I actually want to do. Yeah. So I left, took two of the lads who were of a similar age to me with me, and we set up the same faces. So, um, and this is not a bragging statement because it is a bit of a shame, but four years later, UFI doesn't exist because right, yeah, yeah. nobody stepped in to replace me. This is partially why I was running it. <laughs> nobody else had the time. Uh, UFI doesn't exist anymore and the same faces of one of the bigger groups in the Midlands now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I sort of, I say that purely because it sort of reaffirms in my head, oh, I'm, I'm making good choices. Yes. <laughs> okay, this is, yes. all, this is all right. Um, but yeah, we've had a number of like the, members of UFI have come and played with the same faces because the same faces are not a fixed group right so we have three regular members and one of the guys who left UFI with me now isn't he's moved to Edinburgh but uh, we've picked up another regular since so we have three regular members and then two guests in each show right. and a pianist um, so the guests can be members of my workshops they can be from other groups they can be you know people who happen to be in town people who we've played with before whatever so it's always a rotating cast so part of the reason part of the reason it's called the same faces was because I knew it wasn't always going to be the oh, same faces, lovely. and I thought that was funny. Yeah. Uh, the other reason was because we play a lot of characters, but they've all got the same faces. Right. Yes. Yes. And then because it sounds a bit like a boy band, <laughs> and I wanted it to be marketable in some way. Um, yeah. So uh, it's that was sort of the genesis of it. That's layers. I love layers. Yeah, yeah. I love layers more than a pun. I would say. Yeah. Exactly. I, I wanted the bid to be some meaning behind it but if you saw it you wouldn't really question it yeah, yeah yeah but if somebody asked there was an interesting reason behind it so it's um it's it's nice to have that level of variation cool cool and so how often do you rehearse um well we're in two towns now so for the first six months we were just in leicester and then because i went to uni in northampton and i live halfway between leicester and northampton um we now have two shows a month so we have one in well, three shows with the Amanda show. We have two shows in Leicester, uh, the short forms at the beginning of the month, and then the Northampton shows at the end of the month. Right. And then I do two weekly workshops, one in each town. Wow. So half the group train in Northampton and half the group train in Leicester. Yes. And then like once every three months I go, we should really everybody meet each other. So <laughs> <laughs> we then do like a workshop day for six hours where I put them all in one room together. Wow. Um, yeah. So And then they've all sort of met at one time or another through yeah, yeah, either yeah. doing gigs or being in the audience and then occasionally somebody comes to like the workshop days and I forget they don't know everybody else because oh, right, right. obviously I know everyone because yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm at both workshops so <laughs> uh, yeah we do I well at the minute I'm running a beginners course again as well so I'm doing six hours a week at the minute because I'm doing an hour for the beginners on both workshops and then two hours um, two hours after that so yeah, weekly because I think it's like going to the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it's yeah. a muscle you've got to keep sharp. Yes, sharp's the wrong word, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm mixing metaphors horrendously. Here. Yeah, um, I don't think I want anything sharp when I go to. The, I'm not really a gym bunny. No, so, me neither. Uh, um, I mean, a lot of people have been saying that, and I'd like them to stop that. Yeah, but, you know, obviously I've been working out. Uh, please stop saying that. That is not true. Uh, just stop it, please. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I do think. Like, I know groups who only meet once a month, and I go, how are you doing that? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel rusty if I miss a week. Yes. And I'm yes. like, I can't not be doing it all the time in yeah, order to stay yeah. at my best. Yes. And I am fairly insistent about being at my best for these things, because yeah. I am... I mean, as I say, there's three regular members, but to most intents and purposes, I'm the face of it. Yes. So, like, I host certainly the beginning of the show, and I do, like, the notices at the end, and... I'm, I sort of serve a weird, a weird role in the show where I'm sort of 
half performer and half the audience member on stage so I'm sort uh, of linking the audience to the players and yes uh, so it, it is me so I do like to make sure I'm match fit for it because yeah. I've got to I've got to carry some of the show a lot of the time one of the things that's come up since I've been speaking to improvisers in the Midlands mm. has been we've, somehow we've been talking about the audience and interacting with the audience yeah. What are your kind of tips for getting the audience on side or looking after them or is there anything in particular that you do? Well, I, one of the other ways I make my money is from comparing stand-up gigs. Um, so I'm used to, okay, walk onto a cold stage and, and uh, pull the room together. Yeah. So if you can get them to cheer yeah. in a string of un, uh, unusual ways, that's right, usually okay. a good way of merging them together. And if you can get them to cheer something that's unusual. Right. Um, so at the minute, my, I'm very much enjoying, I get them to go, ooh, ah, and then, uh, what's another R? Ah, like a pirate. Uh, and then the final one is, uh, go ah, but like a confused Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but when you get an entire yeah. room of people make that noise, it's one of the most beautiful things in the world. That's amazing. Um, and so you've usually got them with the palm of your hand after that because if you've if you've made them do that and you've done it with the right level of yeah, I know yeah. this is ridiculous, <laughs> then it usually wins them over quite quickly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that sometimes gets lost in improv gigs is that the idea that the audience has to enjoy it as much or if not more than the performers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and because I also come from stand-up, where, you know, if the performer's enjoying it more than the audience in stand-up, nobody stays. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so yes. I'm very insistent. This has to be a certain level of enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm also quite a controversial figure, Stuart, because Are you? I Are you? do feel that improv should be funny. Whoa. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I want it to have other emotions I want it to have emotional depth and uh, moments of silence and stuff but underneath all that I still think it should be funny right um, even like with I'm starting to dabble now with, like I've, my Leicester group is working on Harold's while my Northampton group is working on narrative stuff Whoa. and then I'm in a few months I'll switch them and do it the other yeah, way around yeah, yeah. Um, but even in those I'm going you've got an opportunity to be funny there right even even like I, silence is golden, I think in improv because nobody expects it. Yes. In the, certainly in the audience. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, well, I'm pretty sure when we sat down, we weren't expecting fireworks. No. Well, <laughs> I mean, since you said you're a controversial I figure, know, you sell fireworks now. in a deeply literal. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm genuinely disappointed that when I said improv should be funny, that wasn't the moment <laughs> that it went off. And... Someone's head was exploding. <laughs> yeah. We're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but there should be, I, like, silence is great because, like, you can just stop and it builds tension immediately when yep. the audience is going, why yep. are they, they're not, are they going to say anything? And yeah. if you leave it long enough, the audience will laugh without you doing anything else because right. they just can't bear the tension for that long. Yes. Um, so you can do all sorts of other stuff that isn't jokey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the thing that makes us magic is being funny out of nowhere. Yes. And so I've watched, like, more theatrical shows and gone... <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I feel like you're enjoying this more than the audience is. Right. Um, and I'm sure that it's possible I've just not seen the right shows. But for me, if it's not funny, I'm slightly less interested than if it is. Okay, so I'm really interested in that idea of being funny. Mm -hmm. I would like to be funny. Yeah. 
but I would like to be funny. <laughs> Sorry, I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I said yes as though you're not. Yeah, yeah. I can't understand. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I do the podcast. I'm here to learn. You're here yeah. to teach me. Uh, that's entirely fine. Uh, so, um, you know, how, how do I... This is a hard question. Mm. How do I be funny without sacrificing the reality of the scene that we're playing yeah. for a cheap laugh? I want, well, a, I want an expensive laugh. Okay, so I can usually... This is another place where I, I lose people because I can do gags in scenes while still yes-anding in the process of the gag. Wow. So I'm still giving the other player something to react to. There are two levels of gags. There are gags that are some, like one up from a block where, yeah, all right, that was funny, but you've shut the scene down. Yes. And then there's the other version, which I think is fine, where you've said something funny, but the scene can still grow yes. from it. And that's the one I try and specialise in. Yeah. Um, so that's the thing to spot. The other thing I find very useful is connections. So if you've got multiple things happening at once, I, I'm, I've got a weird brain that I can sort of picture it all like the Matrix code or whatever and yeah, just go, yeah. oh, okay, that links to that and that links to that and there'll be funny there. Wow. Um, but I think part of the reason I can do that is that, as I say, the Armando show for us is quite recent and... That means I've spent probably about eight years just doing short form. Right, yes. So my, from a game like, well, everybody knows it's Pillars, we call it Missing Words. Right. But with a game like Pillars... Missing Words is a much better name. Yeah, absolutely. Because... The other reason is we don't play it with two people stood on the side of the right, stage. Okay, we use enough. the whole audience. Because Pillars don't speak. Exactly, yeah. If Pillars spoke, <laughs> and then two people, they might look like Pillars, but mainly they look like people. Yeah. If you say Missing Words... Oh, I know what that means. Yeah, exactly. I'm missing word supply. Um, Sorry. No, no, that's, that's exactly what I, my point on it. Yeah, I've changed a number of games' titles because they made more sense that way. So we changed the game Puppets to Mannequins because if you call it Puppets, everybody treats you like a marionette and they keep hold of you the whole time. Right. Uh, Whereas if you tell them you're, that they're a mannequin and they move yeah, yeah, like, yeah. A, like a shot mannequin does and if you let it go, it stays there, Yes. then they know that that's the sort of action you want rather than being constantly controlled. Right, yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's just subtle name changes that, when, especially if you're getting the audience involved directly, as you are in Missing Words and Mannequins, uh, you need to give them straight away, oh, this is what this is. So anyway, uh, the point of that was like, your matrix brain because of a game like missing words uh, or new choice or something like that my justification skills are very strong yes uh, one of the biggest problems i have when i'm teaching now is i try and think of bad examples and i can't do it <laughs> because <laughs> somebody will go what's about what would be a bad example and i go i literally can't think of one because everything i can think of i can then think of how i'd get out of it right yeah, yeah, yeah. so it, it's it's very difficult for me to think of a way not to do something now um but because everybody, loads of people start doing short form, obviously, but I feel like very few people stick with it long enough to learn how to do it brilliantly. Ah. And that's the th I, like I fell in love with whose lines anyway, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like I, w I went and saw Ostentatious and yes. went, oh, I want to do that, but I better learn to do short form first. Yeah. The short form was the end goal for me. Yeah. Um, and then since I've gone, okay, I'd also like to learn how to do the other things so that I can do the other things. Um, but then I also think about the promotional effort of putting on extra shows and I go, maybe we'll just wait for a little while. <laughs> um, yeah, so because I've taken the time to learn those fundamental skills, mm. they are transferable to all other aspects oh, yeah, of improv. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that is the point of them. They are meant to be training exercises, but certain ones work better on stage than others. Yes. So if you can, if you can master a game like Missing Words or New Choice or... 
Uh, Interview Switch is a game we play at the start of every gig. Um, and the reason we do that is that it gets everybody a laugh. Everybody on stage gets right. a laugh before that game is over. So Interview Switch being? So Interview Switch, we have two players. One interviews the other. Mm. You get an area of expertise from the audience. Very quick game, because yeah, yeah. usually they get one line out. Whoa. People don't like quick games either. That, that was, <laughs> I didn't think that was controversial. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was prof fireworks. Um, <laughs> what a way, what a, what a weird heckle. Indeed. How would you put that down? <laughs> Isn't that a shame when cousins marry? <laughs> I remember when I had my first drink. You can't heckle a fireworks, stop you can't, it. No, it's, it's already blown itself up, it's got nowhere to go. Um, yeah, the, uh, so we, the two players are interviewed, one player interviews the other, they've got an area of expertise in the audience. Uh, the... They introduce the the host introduces it with usually some pun based on whatever the uh, expertise is. They usually ask one question. They get one line to reply yeah, usually, yeah. and then if it gets a laugh, I'll shout switch, and then the interviewer becomes the interviewee. Somebody new comes in to interview them, ah, right. and we go around the circle yeah, until yeah. we've all gone. Cool. But it just introduces all the players really yes. quickly. Everybody gets a laugh, so they're a bit more settled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're off, and you can go and do other games. Um, but I'm also one of my directorial choices with the same faces is that I want every game in the set list to look different to the last. Brilliant, yeah. So it's not just here's a two-person scene, here's a two-person scene, here's yeah. a two-person scene. So we do interview switches, a quick group game, then we'll usually do a two-person scene, then something like Party Quirks is a guessing game, then we usually have a Mandy. Right, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Then a musical game, so we do bartender normally. Bartender uh, being? Uh, people come into a bar and sing about their problems and the bartender sings them a solution. Uh, Advert Break, which is a game we created, which is basically still scenes from a hat, but you get products or services from the audience right. and do yeah. adverts for them. Um, we do that, and then the second half will be usually another guessing game because it's a quick way of getting the energy back up. Uh, then we usually do greatest hits. Uh, There's usually a two-player game or something a bit more uh, like a gibberish lecture or a two-headed expert, something like that. Another group game, another musical game, quick-fire game. Uh, usually Irish drinking song as an encore. So, <laughs> so it's usually, they all look different to each yes. other, so it's never boring to look at, yeah. and you go, oh, there's another two-person scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we try and keep it visually uh, varied. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's really important. Because, yeah. yeah, just in any show or in any run of scenes, it's just you know let's keep it you know keep yeah. the audience interested. Let's have a bit of a mixture of stuff. No, mm. I entirely agree with that. So you mentioned that you run workshops. Yep. So what sort of things? What's your favourite exercise to teach in a workshop or oh. key one? Or just, <laughs> um, if I was to come along to your workshop, what would I expect? Um, well, it depends when you came. <laughs> okay. um, we set with the the core group is now sort of taught as a weird mixture of a drop in, but I'm always trying to give them something new. Or my teaching style is sort of putting out fires. Right. So if we've done something not as well as something else in the last show, th yeah. at the next workshop, I'm probably going to work on that. Right. Just to make sure that we've addressed it. Cool. Um, so that'll be for the core group. The beginners workshop, like the minute this week we did gibberish, I think. Um, I think with both workshops, I can't remember. Um, so we did uh, gibberish Cluedo. Gibberish Cluedo. Oh yeah. So the, you send, you have five players. You send four of them out the room. Oh. You right. give one of them the occupation of the person who was murdered, yes. the room of the house where they were murdered, and what they were murdered with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then through gibberish and mime, they have to pass it on uh, down the line. Yes. Um, I have played that. 
I've had, I know I did do it with gibberish. I did that at Hoopla. Yeah. It was called something else. It will yeah, be called something yeah, else because yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember what the proper title was. No, your title, <laughs> it explains what it is. Yeah. That's a really good title. I hope that title catches on. Yeah, well, I'm perfectly happy for it to do so. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we, we did that this week um, with them. And then uh, next week we'll be doing some offers stuff where I basically get them to do scenes that are probably no more than four lines long. But the point is to make to get them used to making neutral offers with no emotional expectation uh, and then getting the other players used to yes-anding those yep. and then yes and that and yes and that and then I usually call scene and move them on. Um, but that's just a quick exercise to get them used to doing that. Especially as we do so many games with so many different types of offers. Yes. Because um, obviously with the Armando show, that's a very premise-heavy offer. So you've got to come in and go, this is what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas with... A musical game, you've obviously got to set it up slightly differently, or with uh, like a, a scene-based game, that's going to be more okay. Well, that was the word. Here's my offer to you. So there's a I try and get them used to making different types of types of offers as early as I can. Um, Zip Zap Boing has become probably our go-to warm-up now, right. just because we've got so many different rules for it at this point. Right. Yeah. yeah. We, I think we're up to twelve different rules. Wow. Excellent. <laughs> I love a game that evolves like <laughs> yeah that. exactly yeah it gets worse i was i was late to a workshop by about 10 minutes a couple of weeks a couple of weeks ago and i got there and they'd added two new rules <laughs> <laughs> i was like right what's happening because <laughs> 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 so, at this point we've got other people like you know jen kenny yeah, yeah and i yeah, would yeah. imagine a lot of people in london at this point know jen kenny because yeah, yeah. jen i created a monster basically <laughs> uh, jen came on her birthday i think four years ago um, having never done any kind of improv before just, like, her husband works nights so she just goes out and does things yeah. um, and she just came and ha gave it a go and then four years later she does more than I do <laughs> um, so literally any, ch any chance she can she performs so she's been in, here in Birmingham most of the week like she yes. did the tadpole show on Wednesday yeah, yeah, no, and, I saw her. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all sorts of other stuff so uh, hello Jen Hello, Jeff. Yeah, she'll be very pleased um, yeah so uh, what was I talking about before I brought Jen up you were talking about workshops and zip zap boing. Oh yes, so like Jen obviously, and people like her go out and do other workshops with other people. Oh, yeah. So they'll go and play zip zap boing somewhere else, yes. and then they'll bring rules back, and then we we just end up with this mega cl <laughs> cluster version of everybody else's rules, and we go, okay, let's see what we can remember. Yeah, yeah, and no, it's lovely when you can cross pollinate these things yeah, and bring in rules yeah. and, and you know, and because we're because sort of we're right in the middle of the country as well, so we've got groups like in every direction yeah, yeah, yeah. who've got their own rules so we, we don't have to go very far to find somebody else um, yeah so we there's all sorts of different things that we do um, and then at the minute we so we'll have a separate training session for the Amando team because the, the Amando is a different type of improv to the short form so I only have the people who I know can do it in that group um, uh, which is sort of my it's not an elite team but it's because uh, I keep adding people into it as they develop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's a separate group. So they that tends to be more Armando and mind meldy sort of group right. mind exercises in that one. Um, oh yeah, mind melds have become popular recently as well. Hate mind melds. <laughs> we, hate it. We did hate one it, on it. the first word the other day. Oh really? And we went, brilliant. Well, Excellent. that'll never happen again. Well, <laughs> brilliant. We've done that. Now we can do some proper games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, um, we haven't got time to get into my hate of mind meld. I might just do a separate podcast that I record at four o'clock in the morning when I can't sleep. It's like yeah, uh, drunk kebab in hand. <laughs> this is why I hate mind meld. Just takes forever, and you just can't stop it until it's been done. Yeah. And I think there's much better ways. If 
finding out yeah. what's going on. The, tr- the trouble is when you get caught in words that are similar, but too similar to think of another word that might, <laughs> that's in the middle. <laughs> also, I can't remember the words we've already had. Oh, yeah, in, that's always a thing. Which, yeah. is, which is terrible. Um, let's stop talking about mind meld. <laughs> let's talk about you have an improv retreat. We do, yes. Tell um, me about that. So... Uh, it wasn't even started by me officially um, but I'd been thinking about doing my own and then I think this was before I knew Asha Leela existed as well um, but uh, Jeff Monk who was one of the founding members of Miss Imp in Nottingham uh, he was setting one up in Edale this was November 2015 um, and he asked me if I wanted to be involved in it and so I ended up teaching I think it was 12 workshops or something like wow. that over the weekend and I taught four of them oh right yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so basically I, I was involved and then I was sort of co-emceeing the weekend as well. And then when the next one rolled around, that was in a youth hostel with 32 of us. Yeah. Um, and then the next one rolled around and I said, oh, I'll help you set this one up and help with the programme. Because like, it, it, it was more than 12 workshops because there was no break. So there was, <laughs> there was two workshops before lunch and they were 90-minute workshops. So there was three hours in the morning and then three hours in the afternoon and then a show in the evening. And so on the Saturday, everybody was burned out by Aww. the end of the evening. So I, who spent my youth at like Christian youth conferences and stuff, know you need some free time in the middle of the day so people can go and have a nap and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I basically took over the programming. So for the 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 one coming up in November this year is the fifth one, I think. Um, mathematically, that should be right. So we do one in the autumn <laughs> and one in the spring. Uh, I've been directly involved in running the last, the current four. Uh, the only one I wasn't directly involved in the planning was the first one. Yeah. Um, and then it's just gradually grown. So it, it, it usually is in the Midlands or somewhere around the Midlands because... Uh, it's a good central point to get everybody to and we've got people who come up from Totnes and down from Sheffield and Leeds and wherever so we try and make it relatively central um, and it's grown so the we've gone from 32 at the first one to the one in November's now got I think over 60 people coming cool. um, and the point is that it's run on a co-op basis so the people who teach it are people who are attending the weekend anyway and they get money off the price right. in exchange for teaching cool. every workshop they teach yeah but that means that we managed to keep the costs a lot lower because obviously the May Day's retreat is basically 500 quid. Whereas ours has, I don't think, at any point been more than 150 pounds. Wow. And that includes all the accommodation, all your food, all your teaching. Yeah, um, The only thing it doesn't include is the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh boy, is some alcohol consumed <laughs> over that weekend. Uh, I always lose my voice. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely always because I'm doing the most speaking because yeah, yeah, yeah. while I do the programme, I then also pretty much MC the weekend, so I'm talking the whole time, and then I'm, I think I'm teaching three workshops at this next one. Um, and uh, so I, my voice is usually gone by Saturday afternoon. Um, I think my average amount of sleep for the weekend is about seven hours. <laughs> and usually I've, I've had to stop playing basketball because they changed the nights that the basketball team plays on. But I usually come straight back and then go out and play basketball because I, I have no ability to make good decisions. Um, <laughs> well, I believe if you make a commitment, you should honour that Absolutely, commitment yeah. within the certain it, amount it's of a completely, It's usually like brain dead tired yeah, I can yeah, still yeah. run around <laughs> <laughs> so I'm usually fine um, but uh, yeah so it's the driving back that's usually the most dangerous part yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, historically speaking our Sundays have been cursed really yeah the, at the second event uh, the power it was at like a, a, 
an old country hall that had been converted into like a conference centre yeah. um, and they had their own generator and the power went out on Sunday morning okay. um, the one after that everybody got what we think was either food poisoning or norovirus I think it was food poisoning because nobody passed it on when they got home God. Um, uh, the most recent event back in April uh, Jeff, who, as I say, co-runs it with me, uh, he w- discovered he had a work commitment he couldn't get out of, so uh, he wasn't there for about eighty percent of the weekend. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. So me, who's done none of the admin in advance, yeah, I'm suddenly yeah. in charge, going, "Oh great, I've got no idea. All all I know is what's happening in the program. If you have any questions about your rooms or anything, I don't know." Oh, um, so. Uh, yeah, that was chaos. So we're hoping that this one will be smooth. Uh, but this one's in Melton Mowbray. Uh, as I say, this one is already sold out. So we, uh, or at least the residential part of it. Right. Yeah, I think you can still sign up to come on the day. Yeah. Uh, on the Saturday. Because we, we added a day rate in this time because we knew there were going to be some people who either couldn't afford to come for the whole weekend or couldn't make the time commitment for yeah, the whole yeah, weekend. Yeah, so we yeah. went, well, if we offer a, a 50 quid day rate that just covers your food and the teaching. Yeah we'll get and we sure enough have got i think it's like seven people have uh, we've added by having the day rate um and i think that's still open i'm not 100 percent certain okay check the website for britishimprovproject.com uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure enough there is a website if, if the form is if the sign up form is still active there's still space uh, otherwise if jeff's closed it down there isn't that's a good system uh, yeah um so uh, yeah, we've we've uh, oh, been gradually growing. We've been joined by a small dog. Hello, hello. <laughs> you don't get this when you record at the nursery. Hello. <laughs> Sorry, no problem at all. It's very nice. In fact, <laughs> delightful to make this opportunity to make friends. He has slobbered straight down me. Unless that was used to it while I wasn't looking. But, oh, uh, I sneak that in. I thought you hadn't noticed until later. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, so the, we haven't locked it down yet because we've, we've never been back to the same venue twice yet because we've just moved it round for the sake of moving it round. But the venue we're going to in Mount Mowbray for November, we think might end up being our permanent cool. base because cool. like Jeff and I went to look round and I was going, can we afford this? It's too nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, it, But it's a really nice place. And there's a care home next door. So when it gets too much, yeah, just go <laughs> next door. Yeah, so we're thinking that's possibly going to end up being our permanent base, but we actually obviously want to have an event there before we make that decision. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but if so, pretty much straight away, sign up for the um, probably April weekend will be available by the end of the year. So it's cool. it's a fairly constant process. Um, and basically the reason we wanted to talk about this on the podcast is no one, I think one person from London has been to any of the five events. Yeah, wow. Um, and so we... We have more people fly in from other countries. Yeah. And there's only like four of them. <laughs> we have more people fly in from other countries than have been up from London. Kaylee Cassidy came to the second one. Um, and she's the only Londoner who's, yeah. who's come. Uh, and I think that's a shame. Because yes. the whole point of it is, A, it's a huge networking thing. Like We've met so many people who've like ended up coming to play with the same faces or whatever, purely from these weekends who we probably otherwise wouldn't have met. Um, and the other reason for it is I'm sort of on a mission to unify the nationwide improv community yeah. and make sure there's more connections made. Because like, I know of a group up in Shipley in Yorkshire who are very out of the way um, and wouldn't necessarily meet other improvisers or wouldn't feel part of the wider community yeah, yeah, yeah. without the British Improv Project. Yeah. Um, 
So we wanted to make sure that other people were getting uh, a sense of community from it. So that yeah. was that was one. And then my other thing was I wanted to raise the national standard Brilliant. of improv yeah. because I'm a high tide raises all ships kind yeah, of a yeah, person. Yeah. And my logic was I've heard too often people say to me, oh, I saw an improv show once and it wasn't very good, yeah. so I don't want to go and see another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas my logic is, well, if we just raise everybody's standard <laughs> across the country, that won't happen yes. and more people will come and see my show. Hooray! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I really want to get more people from London involved and I want people to come up. And as I say, it's about a fifth of the price of the May Days weekend, so it's more affordable for people who can't afford to do the May Days. I can't afford to do the May Days, <laughs> otherwise I would. Um, but uh, the um, And it's not in any way meant to compete with the May Days yeah, one. Yeah. There's um, room enough for both. Absolutely. Um, and they offer, like I, I would imagine, different levels. Um, so we wanted to just make sure there was something for everybody, but we also want to involve more experienced people. Hello again. again. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, <laughs> fireworks, dogs, you don't get this in most podcasts, it's what. great. <laughs> this is all staying in. It I, is, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, would, I would imagine so. Um, yeah, so we wanted to get more people from London involved um, just to come and go, oh, Good stuff happens outside of London too, yes. uh, which is a phrase I believe Emily Brady said <laughs> just a couple of weeks ago. Yes. Um, and uh, she obviously is representing Nottingham. I represent Leicester and Northampton, and Jeff's Nottingham as well. And obviously, we're here in Birmingham for the festival. All of people from all of these groups come to the British Improv Project, and they're all there's a strong level of talent. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. Com- uh, coming November's event, I've staggered the program so there's stuff for every level brilliant so there's there's workshops for people who've never done improv before and there's what I uh, the level four workshops Whoa. which are which are uh, like noted as being elite improvisers so just, <laughs> I wanted to make sure there was something that challenged everybody basically yeah, yeah, yeah. so there's there's stuff for everyone so there's no point going oh they're not going to be very good improvisers no there's stuff for you <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's stuff for everybody to come and come and enjoy um, and then there's, uh, there's a, we do a demo show on the Friday night which is basically here's what's happening over the weekend in the workshops so people can go oh I wasn't going to do that workshop but that looks good I might go and do it yeah, cool. uh, and then there's a m- massive jam which usually lasts about three hours uh, on the Saturday night it's going to be so long with 60 people this time I hadn't thought about that um, yeah so that's going to be a really long show but that's usually really good and I compare that so scenes of different lengths games there's usually we like to throw in an Armando just because I like an Armando um, uh, there's uh, this event for the first time we, this, the entire Sunday morning uh, there will be a three hour Harold practice session in the programme so yeah. people who've done Harold's before if you've never done Harold before it's not for you uh, because we haven't got the kind of time to teach group game and right, yeah, uh, yeah. openings and all, the, all yeah. of that but if you've done it before yeah. it's an opportunity to practice for three hours basically um, so there's that involved um, there's a group discussion on the on the Saturday uh, afternoon so I think this time the theme is going to be um, building a scene so if you're like if you're pretty much the only improviser in your area we're going to talk about ways you can bring people in or whatever oh, um, that, sounds, that sounds really um, really useful it's, yeah, it's yeah. a really good like we had a great conversation at, at the last weekend about um, how we can make it more accessible for women to be involved because yep. 
<laughs> it's a bit <laughs> the, the free time at the last event because I, as I say I put 90 minutes of free time in so people can go and do something that isn't using their brain most people go and play frisbee because you know improv isn't white enough um, <laughs> oh, so, <laughs> I love frisbee frisbee is about the only sport that I genuinely love <laughs> exactly um, but it's we have a, a, a good number a good percentage of the weekend is attended by women So, but we wanted to make sure that we were going okay how can we make sure that yeah. you're not talked over in workshops or whatever and make sure you've got equal input and I've tried to make sure there's more women involved and we, like we set up a committee for the same faces this year so there's, there's made sure there's a balance of women on the on yeah. that um, it's very easy for me because I, I was raised by strong women so <laughs> I sometimes forget it's an issue for other people because right. I just go yes. women know what they're talking about yeah. listen to the women um, but uh, yeah so uh that was that was a really good discussion, and we've had it's a Q and A as well. So anything people want to ask about, we just throw it open to the group, and the wealth of knowledge is shared. Um, so that's a good like hours session on the Saturday afternoon, and the workshops are very varied, as I say. Um, I try and curate the program in such a way that there's not too much similar stuff going on. Right. Yeah. And I'm going to stop talking about it now because I know we both have to go and see a show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for coming on the Improv London podcast. Oh, a pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> This. That's improv! <laughs>